0: On this episode of Theme Park Sandbox, back by popular demand, we're going to talk about the design details, hidden gems and secrets found in the North American Universal Parks. Coming up right after this. ladies and gentlemen to Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Aaron. My name is Drew. And we're excited to welcome you back to another edition of our Hidden Gyms and Secrets series where we talk about some design details and the small things that really make parks amazing. And we're focusing today specifically on the universal parks in the U.S. Yeah. Drew, we had a bunch of comments and feedback that people really enjoyed what we talked about with our disney details so i'm excited to go over these universal details how about you
1: yeah i am too there was actually i definitely had a a more difficult time um finding some hidden secrets and things like that just because of my experience with universal theme parks especially in florida i've only been there one time before but i was able to find some pretty good ones here in in hollywood so i'm excited to share it with everyone
0: awesome yeah i'm definitely uh a little bit more fluent with the Florida parks out here, but I definitely also had a harder time with some of these details. I think the expanse of Disney and the lineage of Disney really lends itself to, um, to that immersive type of detail work in design, and I think Universal is just kind of coming into their own. You know, um, the, the parks out here in Orlando are just just approaching 30 years old, so, um, you know, they're in their, like, 30th anniversary now. Um, by contrast, Disney World is celebrating its 50th. That's something that Disneyland has passed a, a, quite a few years ago now.
1: Yeah, they definitely have, like, double the amount of time on the Universal yeah. theme parks to, to be able to fill in and, and, and rebuild rides and reimagine things to be able to have kind of hidden secrets and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so the ones that we have, I think are really good. But um, yeah, did you want me to go first or did you want to go first this time? Yeah, you take it away, Drew. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so um, like I said, uh, most of my, uh, actually both of my uh, kind of hidden secrets that I really enjoy at Universal Theme Parks uh, here in Hollywood, uh, the first one is actually on the Hollywood Tram Tour. And it's something that has recently changed and I'll tell you why. So the thing that I'm talking about, is on the Hollywood Tram Tour here, when you're going through all of the different movie vehicles. So, like, you see, like, the Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. cars, the Flintstone cars. Um, at the very end, um, they have, like, all the Jurassic Park cars. And so, uh, one time, I think it was the last time that you and I went. Um, I was sitting on the left side, so I got a really good look at all the cars. There was one car that kind of stood out to me, and I'm like, Man, I think I've, I think I've seen that car before, but I don't know where and what it is is it's an upside down turned and smashed ford explorer so kind of like the ride vehicles from jurassic park and it dawned on me that the reason why it's there is because they were working on the refresh the jurassic world refresh for jurassic park so that vehicle is actually the car that used to slide down the hill and hang over your boat just before the lift uh, hill. Yeah. So I think that's like one of those really cool things that they can add to the tram tour. So I, I would I kind of want to say this is the first one at Universal Studios that isn't really a movie car that was used in a film, but it was actually a vehicle that was used specifically for the park and now lives with those movie vehicles. So I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorite you know sequences in the ride that they do like one of the effects uh you really did think that that car was going to splash really hard into the water and fall on you so i'm I'm a little sad (laughs) that it's gone from that ride but um i mean the new stuff that they've come out with in the past couple weeks is man it's pretty amazing so i'm not so i'm not so sensitive about it anymore but yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I had was also related to, um, the Hollywood tram tour. And it's, it's, like I said, it's just like one of those little details it's in the, uh, Kong 3d experience and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny the way they do it, but it's actually, uh, the vintage tram car that is smashed, uh, at the beginning, just before you pull into the soundstage. And then they kind of, you know, take it one step further and they bring you into that story by one of the, the t Rexes pulling some of the back carts during the sequence. I think that's just like super cool. It really literally brings you uh, into the story that they're trying to tell. So yeah, those are those are my two for the, uh, the Hollywood Tram Tour.
0: Universal's so great at putting you at the center. I mean, it used to be uh, their slogan was where you ride the movies. And that really is a perfect example yeah. of that. And they're putting you right into the seat of a main character of a big action sequence. And it's so cool that they're doing that.
1: Yeah, and it always makes me wonder like, it was obviously very sad when Universal Studios, they had a big fire a few years ago mm-hmm. and it destroyed a lot of things. And one of those things was the original King Kong experience with the big animatronic that Florida still has. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, it's kind of sad, but it's also, you know, would we have gotten this experience if they didn't have the fire? So I don't know, but it's a really cool Whoa.
0: thing. I will say this: This wasn't one that I wrote down, but um, the original Confrontation attraction was replaced with the Mummy. But in the sequence in the beginning of the Mummy coaster, where the Mummy soldiers pop out and you see all this treasure everywhere, there is actually a big golden ape that comes out. So if you are really eagle-eyed, you can spot the little Confrontation tribute uh, that they have inside of the Mummy ride, and then of course. Kong Skull Island then later opened up Islands of Adventure and yeah it has that huge amazing breathtaking animatronic definitely
1: definitely cool
0: yeah those are those are great details and um, I really really commend Universal in Hollywood for being so true to their their roots and their lineage I mean the tram tour itself is like over 100 years old it is the tram tour at Universal is older than sound and movies (laughs)
1: That's crazy. I didn't think about that. You're right. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. That's how old it is. That's amazing.
0: Well, my uh, hidden detail is a little bit more modern than the century-old tram tour. Mine is in the East Coast, and it's um, outside of Diagon Alley, the entrance in Universal to the Harry Potter Wizarding World okay. uh, attractions. Cool. You're walking around the London facade, where you kind of like duck into an alleyway, and that's where you get into the Harry Potter stuff. But on your way... You'll see, uh, and just for some wayfinding here, you'll see like the traditional British uh, phone booth, which I think a lot of people know. If you go in there and dial magic, you get a, a special little treat on the on the phone. But if you look to your left from, uh, you know, if you're facing the phone booth, you'll see a record shop. And um, longtime fans of Universal know that. The Harry Potter attractions took place of Jaws, and Jaws was so beloved. So they actually have some uh, little Easter eggs in the album artwork in the record shop. So the one that I think is just spectacular, uh, it's an album by the Quint Trio, a completely made-up band, and uh, it says, Here's to Swimming with Bow-Legged Women, which is a line from Jaws. That's awesome. There's another one that says... uh, Joe says no, says spelled S-E-Z, and it's like totally 80s out. it looks like so silly, but like very much like Frankie says relax kind of a vibe, and this was the universal creative way of paying tribute to the fact that J.K. Rowling, or Joe in this case, had complete veto right, that she could say no to anything, and she did often say no to anything that was happening on the creative side of things, and... Universal had to put the brakes on that's that's really one of the reasons why Universal won the Harry Potter contract and Disney who was kind of like in the works to get it uh, why they didn't get it Um, they definitely had more money to throw at it but JK Rowling wanted that creative control so there's your tribute to that. That's a, Joe says
1: no. That's a really cool hidden detail that I didn't... I'm going to have to look for it the next time we go. That, that'll that be really fun to look out yeah. for. Yeah. And I have watched... Oh, I'll point them out. I've watched a lot of videos about that process that Universal had to go through. And it was... I mean, they basically had zero creative control. It was kind of like... It reminds me almost of um, the movie Saving Mr. Banks when Walt Disney is working with the author for... Um, Mary Poppins and the the process that he had to go through in order to get this film made. So I mean, I'm sure Harry Potter fans are appreciative of that though, right like she got to tell the story the way that she wanted it and rightly so like she is the creator of all these characters and she knows it's very much like George Lucas right like like you you want these people to be a part of your experience making so, but that's really funny. Joe says no. Yeah, I heard some stories Jerry that she's no. pretty strict.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and and uh, just one other small thing in um, inside of the Harry Potter attractions, they actually built the Three Broomsticks restaurant, which is a great restaurant. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize that was built before it was ever shown on screen. So the interior was built originally. By Universal creative and not by Warner Brothers so when Warner Brothers went to actually shoot those scenes in the movie where they're in the interior of the three broomsticks restaurant they referenced Universal's theme park content to make sure that there was like uh, consistency between the designs
1: Wow that's really cool I, I didn't know that that's that's very interesting
0: So there's obviously consistency, it it works, but that's because Warner Brothers actually paid respect to the Universal theme park team in their interior design and decorating that fit in with the rest of the Potter world that we had already seen in the films.
1: Wow, they're kind of notorious for doing that, right? Because like, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me, uh, it's a little off topic, but um, is the Jurassic Park ride, uh, the river adventure, right? Like that was Mm -hmm. being made before the movie even came out. It's true and not yeah. only that it was like I think it still might be the the most expensive ride ever made at like 110 million dollars or something like that like pretty big gamble they, they like to do that but I think that's cool yeah. and it's uh, clearly it's worked out for them a couple times uh, at, at least that we know of so um wow really cool
0: I mean and even backing up further in the Jurassic Park train Spielberg was doing pre-production on that before the book was finished he was working off of a screenplay adaptation with Michael Crichton before the book was done, like before the book wow. was bound and in stores. They were working on that screenplay adaptation, so it was really, um, I mean, Jurassic Park Mania. It was really like this huge, huge snowball effect. Yeah, and still, still reverberating today.
1: Yeah, is that the book behind
0: you? By the way, I do have a couple of uh, a, a couple of things here. I mean, I'm wearing the shirt, so. This is my uh, special guest pass to uh, the 25th anniversary celebration that they did at Universal.
1: Awesome. That was in Hollywood, right? That was in Hollywood, yes. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Really good details. I'll, I'll go into my second one for Universal Studios. And this one is something that I don't really see other theme parks doing, specifically Disney. Um, that Well, at least I can't think off the top of my head, but making references to the rides that used to be in a specific location. So kind of the same thing that you just said with like the mm-hmm. Harry Potter taking over Jaws uh, and that yeah. area. So uh, Universal, once again, really good at doing it. The ones that I wrote down, though, are here in Hollywood and specifically in pre-show queues. They're really good at adding in like characters from older rides into the pre-show queues. And the ones that come to mind for me, um, are Doc Brown is in the Simpsons pre-show queue, which I think is really great because the Simpsons ride used to be the, um, back to the future ride when, uh, when you'd ride in the DeLorean. So he's actually in the pre-show queue. And, um, the other one is Shrek is actually in Kung Fu Panda, uh, in their pre-show queue. But like, not just like a nod to the character, like Universal actually puts these characters and has yeah, them right in there. Yeah, yeah. They, they have them talk to each other. And I think that's that's really cool. And that's, like I said, not something that you see done in other parks. And it it really is a, a pretty great tribute you know, to the things that used to be there, because, you know, you got to do it somehow. All the rides are iconic at some point in their time. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And Universal is not afraid of replacing old attractions. Right. Where Disney has that nostalgia factor that they really take pause and would rather uh, improve or reimagine a ride than replace it with uh, a new Vogue property. The one exception to that that I can think of, Drew, where there is like a, a callback happens in Winnie the Pooh. Right. And it happens differently whether you're on the East Coast or the West Coast. So here on the East Coast, uh, you actually see this little framed picture of Mr. Toad handing the deed to Toad Manor off to Owl. Really? And it's kind of neat because you see Mr. Toad and Owl and they're kind of these like, you know, um, humanoid animal figures that sort of like could coexist in the same universe. I could see that happening.
1: That's really cool, and of course, ours, uh, our Winnie the Pooh ride in Critter Country here, um, just after the after the Heffalump and Woozle scene, if you look up behind you, you can actually see the three heads um, from the characters in Country Bear Jamboree, which I think is yes. is really cool. And actually, um, in that Heffalump and Woozle scene, uh, there's like a, a hot air balloon that Winnie the Pooh is actually coming up and down on, and that was actually the the original swing for one of the characters yeah. uh in Country mm-hmm. Bear Jamboree too, so that's that's really cool that you know I I didn't really think about that but that is really neat Winnie the Pooh paying tribute <laughs> yeah <laughs> of all the rides paying tribute it's Winnie the Pooh but yeah awesome awesome did you have any other like any honorable mentions or anything
0: I do have one more um well I I have one more detail that I just love to share with people when we walk by it okay and then i do have one honorable mention okay um the detail that i love in the, in one of the main like big courtyard areas of universal you'll see this big statue of lou wasserman who was um basically a, a movie executive and uh, the first president of universal studios um worked at mca did a whole bunch of stuff was just like a really a big deal to the movie industry, uh, instrumental in Universal's success. And so there's this giant, just awesome-looking statue of him. Okay. And you look more carefully, and you will soon realize that, yes, it's his head, but the body from the neck down is Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Really? So they made... Well, so I am told, uh, by... Those who I assume are in the know, they, they work for the parks. Lou was not satisfied with his uh, roundness in his physique in the original version from The Neck Down. And so <laughs> the Universal team uh, uh, went with something a little bit more flattering, and that happened to just be a little bit more presidential, and so they went with the guy on the back of the penny.
1: Or on the front of the penny. That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. Really.
0: Yeah. So, um if and you walk by and you're kind of like, "Oh, that does kind of strike a resemblance to uh to the president." It's 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 funny. Um and my honorable mention. So, this one this one is very subtle. Uh a lot of Pixar fans will really appreciate this. So, there's this ongoing reference to a particular classroom A113 uh. that you'll see all over Pixar films, and you see it in Disney films and you see it in Disney i'm uh, sure that you see it in Disney you parks yeah. can't, I, I can 't think of anywhere off the top of my head, but it seems very much like a Disney thing because this is a Cal arts thing that has ties to the the Disney animators and imagineers and and just you know a huge lineage yeah uh, Walt Disney was very involved with Cal arts. Um, If you are looking from the entrance, but looking out of the Transformers show building, you will see a big crate that says A113 on it. And there are no mistakes when you're writing numbers and letters on pieces of prop work anywhere in a theme park. So that is undeniably that very famous reference that you see on Toy Story license plates and onward. (laughs) that is the A113 reference that you can find in a universal park.
1: Yeah. And there's actually a really good documentary that I used to, that I watched a long time ago. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was uh, about Pixar and it actually came out and it explains all of the amazing directors and artists and animators and creators that we know of today um that went out into hollywood and they were all in that classroom a113 at cal arts so it's it's i think it's called the pixar story yes i'm pretty sure it's called the pixar story so if you have a chance to watch it it really goes in depth as to like the kind of names that we've that we know and love like i mean most of the pixar guys tim burton um, I mean, all of these huge names were all in that classroom together. So, I mean, it's, it's really amazing that they make references to it regardless of where it is, whether it's Disney or Universal or, or whatever. So that's really cool. I'm going to have to keep my eye out for that one.
0: I'll be sure to point some of these things out uh, when you come out here. There are definitely some things that I haven't yet brought up, but those are the really, really cool ones that, uh, that I, I think not everyone may may be aware of i think a lot of people tend to just pass right by some of these things okay cool i can't wait to see them well drew i had a blast on this just like the disney one this universal one was super super fun and a quick shout out to our audience thank you so much for watching liking and subscribing we really really do appreciate uh, your support and your viewership let us know down in the comments, were there any of these that surprised you? Uh, did you know all these? Are you an expert like Drew and I? Or are you a nerd passionate for the Universal Parks? Let us know down in the comments, and we can't wait to see you in our next episode. Take
1: care. Bye, guys.